0: You know, as I said, we continue to look at prayer, and it's not something that we can do enough, but there's a truth. As we begin today, we're going to be in Daniel chapter 10, if you want to go ahead and work your way there. But there's a truth that we need to understand, that there is a tangible connection between God's sovereignty and my responsibility. And that may be a big phrase to kind of start this thought off with, but we'll let this sink in for just a little bit. And I'll, I'll say it like this. You know, a lot of times people will look at a book like Daniel and they'll see God's sovereignty and the words that God speaks. And we can sit at this point in history and we can see that those words have come true, that the prophecies in many ways have been fulfilled. There are others still unfulfilled, but we can see that God's word is true. We see that God is at work. We see the sovereignty of God caring for his people, speaking words of truth into people's lives. And it may lead us to a point at times where we think, well, what, what good is it for me, you know, to pray or to do anything? And you may kind of un, unwillingly and not wisely think that well, you know, what I do really isn 't that important, but the truth is there is an incredibly tangible connection between the work that God is doing and our responsibility to interact with Him and get in line with Him and pray and join Him in His work. You know oftentimes, and it 's kind of kind of silly, we, we tend even in the church world to focus more maybe on our physical life or in our physical health or maybe our mental health or our relational health, but sometimes we don't think about the spiritual life and our spiritual health and what the reality of our spiritual life is like and the impact that our spiritual life is making. And so we have in Daniel chapter 10... One of many pictures in scripture that really show that connection between our prayer life, God's sovereignty, the things that are going on in the spiritual life that we are a part of. And it's all over scripture that we need to be connected and thinking about our spiritual walk, our spiritual life. I would say just as tangibly as we think about our physical, mental, relational health, all these other things that we think about. And so before we dive into Daniel chapter 10. Let's think about it this way for just a little bit. Look at how important the spiritual life is and the things that we can do to strengthen our spiritual life as scripture teaches us in some places. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 6, starting in verse 10. Paul writes these words Finally, be strengthened by the Lord. Be strengthened by the Lord and by his vast strength. Put on the full armor of God, so that you can stand against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this darkness, against evil spiritual forces in the heavens." Now, sometimes we read a verse like that, and maybe you've heard somebody talk about in the past the armor of God or whatever. If you didn't get your armor of God kit in the mail when you became a Christian, if you'll just let me. That's a joke. Just letting you all know, make sure you all are listening. It's, it's not a, a tangible kit. It's not something that you have. It's something that we put on in our spiritual life. Through prayer, through connecting with God, through following his word, we prepare ourselves for the spiritual interactions that are going to be occurring because of the way that we're living our life. Paul goes on to remind us our struggle is not against flesh and blood. It's against rulers and authorities and powers of darkness and evil and spiritual forces in the heavens. Now, can we just have a little honest moment? This is the point of time that some people look at followers of Jesus and go, okay, now you just went down the crazy path that I don't really want to follow. You know, I'm good as long as you talk about God being love and, and Jesus can make me a better person. And if I follow his word, then, you know, maybe some good things have in my life. But when you guys start talking all this spiritual stuff, well, you know, that, that kind of messes with my head. Well, it's a reality. It's just as real as your hands and feet are right now it, it's it's right here the spiritual world and our spiritual health is important and God's word continues to tell us that it makes a difference how we live our life and how we interact makes a difference in the spiritual world and our spiritual health and in this particular passage it's one of some others I'm going to show you here in just a minute it gives us a real clear picture of, of one of the things that we're called to do we're called to take a stand not to provoke. We're called to let God and his power do the work. We're called to take a stand, to come alongside God. We're not supposed to be out there provoking things. That's why that verse begins, finally be strengthened in the Lord by his vast strength. It's a reminder that we're not supposed to be the ones out here doing these things on our own. We're supposed to be in line with what God is doing. James writes it this way. In in James chapter 4, he says, Therefore, submit to God, get in line with God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, sinners, and purify your hearts, double-minded. Peter puts it this way, Humble yourselves, therefore, under The mighty hand of God. You you see the theme in all of these, right? We're to get in line with what God's doing, but then the instructions go on that he may exalt you at the proper time. Casting all your cares on him because he cares about you. That's why what we say and what we do matters. We're casting our cares on him because he cares about us. Be sober-minded. Be alert. Your adversary, the devil... Is prowling around like a lion looking for anyone he can devour. Resist him. Firm in the faith, knowing that the same kinds of sufferings are being experienced by your fellow believers throughout the world. You, you see the pattern here, right? That our spiritual life is a reality. That God gives us strength in our spiritual life to take a stand against things that we don't even see or know are happening all the time. It's God who gives us the strength to do these things. And the way that we connect with God is through prayer. It's through living by his word. It's through following his word. And when we do that, he guides us to life. One other picture from scripture that stands out to me it really makes me think is when Jesus is talking to his disciples and he's telling them about what's coming as he's going to face the cross, as he's going to go in and be betrayed, and, 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 and Simon Peter steps up and like, Jesus, that's never going to happen. I'm going to be by your side. I'm going to take care of all these things. And then this is Jesus' response in Luke 22, starting in verse 31. He says, Simon, Simon, look out. Satan has asked to sift you like wheat. Jesus sees that there's some things going on that we don't always see. He says, but I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. And you, when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. You see, guys, what what we do matters. The, The things The way that we live our life and how we live out our faith makes a difference. There are instructions that we see all over God's word that talk to us about living a fruitful spiritual life. And connecting all the dots together in God's power and connecting him in that way. Daniel chapter 10 gives us a glimpse of another example of this. I'm not going to read the whole passage in its entirety. I would encourage you actually to read Daniel chapter 10, 11, and 12 as they're all connected. And we are wrapping it up today, and I'm stopping in 10, uh, but you can go on to 11 and 12. And continue these. And we'll talk about 11 and 12 in our daily devotionals online if you want to do this. But, but look at what it says about Daniel. In those days, starting in verse 2, I, Daniel, was mourning for three full weeks. You see, Daniel had already seen this vision before. And because of what he had seen, it had caused him to go to a place where he was upset, where he was in mourning. He was seeking the Lord. He says, I didn't eat Any rich food, no meat or wine entered my mouth. I didn't put on any oil on my body until three weeks were over. On the 24th day of the first month, as I was standing on the bank of the great river, the Tigris, I looked up, and there was a man dressed in linen with a belt of gold from Euphaz around his waist. His body was like barrel, his face like the brilliance of lightning, his eyes Like flaming torches, his arms and feet like the gleam of polished bronze, and the sound of his words like the sound of a multitude. Only I, Daniel, saw the vision. The men who were with me did not see it, but a great Terror fell on them. They ran and hid. I was left alone looking at this great vision. No strength was left in me. My face grew deathly pale. I was powerless. I heard the words he said, and when I heard them, I fell into a deep sleep with my face to the ground. Now, he didn't go to sleep because he was bored. This is coming into the presence of the Lord, and there is a great fear here. And we can put together from other places in Scripture and what we know now that the person that he's talking with is Jesus Christ. And and, and so he's coming into the presence of the Lord. And we see Daniel's response, and think about this. We see this all throughout Scripture. In Isaiah, in Isaiah chapter 6, when Isaiah enters the temple and the presence of the Lord shows up, Isaiah's response is fear and trembling, and he has this response where he says, Woe to me, I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. We see John, John the disciple who walked with Jesus, when when he sees the risen Lord in, in Revelation It says that he fell down like a dead man before him. And so it's not this, oh, God's here. That's awesome. Let's have, you know, let's talk. Let's do this. It is a realization of the presence of the Lord that evokes a response of fear and awesomeness. And it just saps everything out of Daniel in this moment. And so it's an incredible thing that we see when God shows up in this picture but here's the first thing that we need to understand there's a reason why God showed up and we're just going to go ahead and personalize it he shows up because prayer matters my prayers matter would you say that with me my prayers matter now I don't know if you've ever been at a place where you think I don't know that I'm doing any good with this I don't know that my prayers are even making a difference in things. I'm not even sure that God's hearing my prayers. I don't know if I'm doing them right, if I'm doing them wrong or what's going on. You just need to understand your prayers matter. And I'm going to go ahead and take this off of you. there's, There's not... A, a right way to do this and right words to do this and these things. It is a matter of, of, of putting our focus and our attention on God and pouring our heart out to him. That's the picture that we see here with Daniel. Three weeks after he's had these other visions, he's walking around in mourning and in humility and he's pouring himself out to God. And we need to understand that there needs to be an, an urgency and a humility to our prayers. Because that's what we see with Daniel is that we see there is an urgency to his prayers that cause him to do something, to, to put him in a place where he is thinking about prayer, where he's walking in prayer, where he's seeking the Lord, and there is a humility to him. And when God shows up in Daniel's life to speak to him, incredible things begin to happen. And so I want to work through a little bit of this passage with this understanding that my prayers matter and help us see some of the way that God responds to Daniel in his prayer. And I think it will help us understand that my prayers matter and and they can make a difference. Now, the first thing that, that stood out to me as you look through the rest of chapter 10 here is we need to understand this. My prayers are heard immediately. You can write that down. You can take that to the bank. Because if you've ever sat and wondered, I don't know if God's even listening to me. I don't know if God's ever heard me. I I don't know if I'm making a difference. I can tell you this right now. Your prayers are heard immediately. When you give your mind and and your attention to God and you pour your heart out to God, God hears your prayers immediately. Look at what it says in, in verse 12. Don't be afraid, Daniel, he said to me, for from the first day that you purposed to understand and to humble yourself before your God, your prayers were heard. And I love this last sentence. I have come because of your prayers. I have come because of your prayers. From the first day you said them, they were heard, and I have come because of your prayers. We looked at this last week as well in chapter 9, where he says again that the moment that your petition was made, Action took place in heaven. God hears your prayers immediately. You don't have to wonder if God has forgotten about you. He has not. Now, sometimes we wonder that because we don't necessarily see things happening or or understand how things are happening. And so there's a next truth to this that becomes evident as we work our way continually through this chapter. And that's this. There's more happening than I can know. So that's just a truth that's good for you to take in life, that there's more happening than I know. And I'll just say this, for me personally, when I, I, and this is a very much a learned response, it is not a natural response, it just comes from within me as, oh, I I've, I've just do this naturally. But what I have learned is when there are situations in life that are going on that I don't fully understand, and even furthermore, maybe there's things happening in the world or in life that I don't necessarily agree with or people doing things that I don't understand why they're doing those things, I have learned to go to this place that there's more happening than I can know about. You know, especially if there's, if there's leadership that's making decisions and going in a direction that I don't necessarily understand. I've, I've had to learn to go, you know what, that leader probably has pieces of information and things that are happening that I am not aware of. And I've learned to put myself in a position to go, God, my trust is in you. My faith is in you. And even though I might not be able to see everything that's happening right now, I'm going to place my faith in you. And in here, we see an incredible picture where There is more happening than Daniel knows. We hear that he is here because of his prayers, but in verse 13, this is what it says But the prince of the kingdom of Persia opposed me for 21 days. Then Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me after I had been left there with the kings of Persia. So something was holding up these things for being able to receive Daniel. May I ask you this question just to make sure you're paying attention? How long had Daniel been in mourning? Three weeks. How long? Three weeks. Immediately. But yet, there's more going on than what we can see all the time. There's more happening in life. The spiritual realm is real. And there are things that are happening for your good and for God's glory that we can get in line with just as easy as we can make ourselves physically strong and mentally strong. We can make ourselves spiritually strong by lining up with what God wants to do in our life and by allowing him to fill us and lead us and guide us. There's not a spiritual workout I can give you today other than to say, you just pour yourself out to God and let his presence lead you in life. That's how we do this. Because the next thing that we see is when the presence of God shows up, you see what happened to Daniel. He just falls all his energies out of him. He's face down. And and here's what you need to understand. Prayer takes effort. Prayer takes effort. Now, I'm just going to tell you some things that I've learned over my life. And maybe they connect with you. Maybe you've never been in this place. And great if you haven't. But I have found that in my life, if I'm not intentional about doing some things, sometimes they kind of become a habit or sometimes they tend to lose their effectiveness or sometimes things just lose their meaning over time because I'm not incredibly intentional with them. And in my prayer life, I've seen that happen a few times as well, where I find myself just maybe saying the same type of things and same place, same time, same way all the time. And yeah, it's important. That when we're, we're learning, sometimes we memorize some prayers, sometimes we teach them to our kids, sometimes we do things like that. But prayer, prayer should take some effort. Prayer should actually stop us from what we are doing and move us to a place where we are seeking to connect with God in a way where we hear from him and know that he hears from us. And that requires effort. Sometimes we might need to change where we're praying. Sometimes we might need to change when we're praying. Sometimes we might need to, to just start a new routine or do things different. What Daniel was doing at this point in time, what was he doing? He was in mourning. He was fasting. He, he was putting himself in a position. Now, now, think about this, this dry, arid landscape where he's putting no lotion on for three weeks. And I'm sure every time that he went to scratch his arm because it itched, he's thinking, God, I just really need to connect with you. He's putting himself in a place where he's reminded that his greatest need is to seek the Lord and to pour himself out in prayer. We should pray to God urgently because God answers. We should pray to God humbly because God answers. And it should take some effort on our part. And the good news is the effort that's required by us, we actually receive from the Lord. Look at what Daniel says in in verse 17. How can someone... Like me, your servant, speak with someone like you, my Lord. Now I have no strength and there is no breath in me. Have you lost sometimes that awe of who we're speaking to? I mean, we're talking about Daniel, who spent the night with lions, who spoke Words of prophecy to the most powerful men in the world who walked with God. But yet, when he shows up in the presence of God, his words are, how can someone like me, your servant, speak with someone like you? I have no strength. There is no breath in me. Because Daniel realized there's, there's some effort that needs to be put in this. There's some work that needs to be done. I don't even know that I can do this without you. You know, another picture of effort in prayer That comes to my mind is the picture that we see in the garden with Jesus. We see in Luke 22 when he says, And an angel from heaven appeared to him, strengthening him. Being in anguish, he prayed more fervently, and his sweat became like drops of blood falling to the ground. There's some effort happening in prayer there. And I just had to ask myself this question When's the last time I broke a sweat praying? Or have I honestly just taken prayer so much for granted that it's just something that I do is like a check mark or this, but we really need to make the effort of seeking the Lord. And here's what we need to understand: when we do that, God will give us strength. God will give me strength. In verse 18, it says, And the one with the human appearance touched me again and strengthened me. He said, Don't be afraid. I love this phrase. You who are treasured by God. Peace to you, be very strong. As he spoke to me, I was strengthened and said, Let my Lord speak, for you have strengthened me. Now, there is a spiritual reality that anything that we're going to do worthwhile in our spiritual life is really not going to come from our effort. It's going to come from the strength of the Lord within us that allows us to do anything. You know one of the places that that rings that home in my mind, and maybe this is helpful for you this morning more than anything else, is if you think about the fruits of the Spirit, when Paul's writing about the fruits of the Spirit, and and one of the fruits of the Spirit, meaning one of the results of the Spirit of God at work in my life, is self-control. Have you ever thought about that? That self-control which what I would normally interpret as I got to do better at controlling myself, right? But self-control is actually a fruit of the spirit of God at work in my life. You want to talk about a way that you see the spiritual and the physical and the mental and the relational all coming together at the same time. It's when you begin to realize that I can't even have self-control outside the spirit of God working in my life. I need God's Holy Spirit to be in my life and in my heart to guide me and to lead me for me to be able to have self-control. And so God will give us strength as we need to be able to connect with him in prayer. We need to be reminded that God loves us so much. We're his treasured one, as it says to Daniel here. God wants to answer our prayers. God's seeking to answer our prayers. God wants to connect with us in this way. And we should pour ourselves out urgently and humbly to him so that we can connect with him in that way and see that. And then there's another thing that that I see in this passage. And that's this. It's it's not a one and done process. You you don't just go, well, I prayed for that once. (laughs) You ever done that? I mean, it would be like me saying, well, I have two kids. When they were born, I prayed for them. That should cover it right? I mean, a lot's happened since then. This isn't a one and done process. God desires that we stay connected with him because there's always work to be done. And we should find the joy of being in his presence and continually connecting with him, pouring our heart out to him, him, him speaking into our life as well. And, and we begin to see this picture of of great things happening around us that God is doing as we pray. Never give up on your prayers. Continue to do them. There have been things I've been praying in my life for decades and you do realize that some of the answer that Daniel gets to his prayers are Daniel, that's not gonna happen for 490 years and you're not gonna be around to see it. So sometimes we have to realize that God is at work and he's doing things and he's moving well beyond what I can see, well well bigger than my lifetime, and our joy is to be able to connect with him and hear from him. How awesome is it that God demonstrates so much love to Daniel that because Daniel is pouring himself out to him, he answers his prayer, even though his prayer isn't answered to be resolved in his lifetime, God speaks to Daniel and says, I'm going to let you know what I'm at work doing. And so it's not a one and done process for us. We, we don't just pray once and then go, well, I've done that. We get to connect with God and pour ourselves out and hear from God and learn to see what he's doing. And, and, and in verse 20, this man speaks to Daniel and he says, do you know why I've come to you? I must return at once to fight against the prince of Persia. When I leave, the prince of Greece will come. Now, all of you know exactly what that means, right? It means there's more than just what we see going on. It means there's a reason for us to continue to pray. It means that your prayers have brought me from something to this place to speak, but now I've got other work to do, and I'm inviting you to join with me in this work through prayer to see what I'm doing that's bigger than just our lives. And isn't that really the kicker on some of this? You know the biggest limitation to my prayer life? Me. I tend to pray for just the things that I can see, and just the things that are affecting me, and just the things that are bothering me or annoying me or things like that. And I haven't learned to say, God, what are you doing? How do I join you in what you're doing? God, help me see things that are bigger than just what I see from my perspective. But God, help me to come alongside you and then continue to pour myself Out so that I can connect with you in a way to have a life that I can only have as you're leading it. You see, that's really the bottom line of this, that it's not just what we believe, but how we believe that leads us to life. And that's why we started this kind of whole thing off to go, how much do you think about your spiritual health and your connection with God? And if that's something that seems awkward or funny to you, you know what I would invite you to do? Pray about it. Because God desires to connect with you and to show you how much He's at work and and what all's going on and to give you a perspective that's bigger than just what you can see. But more than anything, He invites you to know Him and to find life as you follow Him. And we do that by connecting with Him in prayer and by aligning our life to His Word. Because it matters. The things that we do matter. Yes, God is in control. God has a plan. God's will is at work. And in the midst of all of that, he has given us an invitation. In the midst of all of that, he takes time to hear every one of our prayers. Because each one of us are treasured by him. And so God wants to meet us right where we are today. So I want to invite you, would you just bow your heads for a minute?